The information provided in this podcast and on this website is intended for a Canadian audience. It is for informational purposes only and does not create a physician-patient relationship. It is not to be used as professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or care, nor is it intended to be used as a substitute. Anyone with any questions regarding medical conditions, issues, or problems should seek the advice of a physician. Jody John Wallace is a two-time rookie of the Atlantic 10 Conference and an NCAA sprinter at George Mason University. That's the sound of her training from home. Sprinting around her neighborhood or bodyweight training in her basement, the decorated athlete and fierce competitor had her routine turned upside down when the global pandemic forced her and many of us into self-isolation. That's right, Emma. And instead of training on the university track in Virginia, Jody is now at home in Uxbridge, Ontario, turning to video calls with her teammates and coaches to keep her momentum and her fitness levels in check. Student athletes across Canada can relate to Jody's story. And we will be sharing her experiences along with the journey of other student athletes as they navigate through training during a global pandemic. We will give you a behind the scenes look at what student athletes just like you are going through. Welcome to Peep the Process, a sport and exercise medicine podcast for Canadian student athletes. I'm Emma. And I'm James, and we are your co-hosts. Now, I want you to think back to an injury, whether it was personal, a teammate, or a friend. I know it must be unpleasant to relive that moment, but bear with me. Almost every student athlete can remember that moment of pain, those feelings of frustration, and all of the training that had to follow to get back to the rink, field, court, or water. We want to explain the process of returning to play. Return to play is sometimes known to doctors as RTP, and you need to know about the process, whether it's return to play after an injury, after an illness, or as with today's first episode, return to play after COVID-19. You will hear what worked well, what didn't work well, why, and why not. Once you understand the process better, we believe you will have a better outcome. We'll highlight opportunities for improving understanding so that you can play and be your best. Even more, we want to bring rehab care to life. Peep the Process aims to bridge the gap of understanding between student athletes like Emma and medical professionals like myself. So if you're listening, you're probably a student athlete, coach, or parent, and could be anywhere across Canada. We're located in Southern Ontario, but instead of sitting in a studio, we are currently recording on Zoom. It's already mid-June 2020, and most of us were told to self-isolate three months ago. Many different towns, cities, and provinces are at different stages of recovery from COVID-19. British Columbia, for example, is weeks ahead of Montreal and Toronto in terms of declining numbers of cases. Advice for timing of return to play after COVID-19 can be at different stages depending upon where you live in Canada. In Ontario, this week we're about to enter phase two of reopening. Listeners elsewhere in Canada may be doing way more than we are allowed to do so far in the greater Toronto area. James, I'm so glad we're about to enter phase two. Participating in sports gives the athlete huge benefits. 
It can be a lot of fun and gives you the opportunity to be competitive, motivated, diligent, and hardworking. But when you are injured, or if your gym or your pool or your field is closed due to COVID-19, you lose most or all of those benefits. Not only is your physical health impacted, but your mental health can suffer as well. If we can reduce that suffering by informing you about the return to play process, then we are giving you great info. Just maybe this will happen more often if doctors and student athletes try to understand each other better and find more common ground. Our podcast episodes intend to increase listeners' understanding of the process. Emma and I almost live in two different worlds. I am a family physician practicing in sport and exercise medicine. I still play hockey, and up until a few years ago, I did sprint triathlons. And I just finished my third year at Trent University. Growing up, figure skating was my sport, and I skated for 15 years, achieving triple gold in my skating tests, with being one test away from getting my fourth gold. I still skate now, but it's more of a way to stay active and continue doing what I love doing. I'm also working on my coaching certifications so that I can inspire others learning how to skate. Emma, I have never been triple gold in anything. <laughs> Through our candid conversations between a student athlete and a sport and exercise medicine physician, we will share our viewpoints and insights while learning from each other. As a doctor, I want my student athlete patient to help me to understand their process because no two injuries are alike. That is because each athlete is unique and many have special challenges. Sure, the athlete needs to understand the rehab professionals and the doctor's process, but the doctor also needs to understand the athlete's process. When we understand each other's process better, we believe that we can improve outcomes. If we can improve mental health, and physical health outcomes, you may be able to return to play sooner and compete better. So you might be wondering how our title ties into this all and what peep the process means. Emma, are you going to play the clip from our practice last month where you revealed the name to me? Well, James, we did say that we were going to give our listeners a behind the scenes look. So let's roll the clip. A name popped into my head the other day and um, I don't know, just to, just to throw it out there, peep the process. Peep the process? Yeah, so when someone of the younger demographic says peep this, it means like check this out. So we could, since we're talking about student athletes and, you know, we could be talking about injuries or, you know, part of the process. So peep the process. <laughs> Okay, but you're going to have to explain that one. I, I think that's great. Wait till I tell them that one. Peep the process. <laughs> or, or I'm sorry, did I pronounce it wrong? Is it process or I think process? It's kind of like tomato, tomato, however. however. Well, there you go. You know what? Uh, you're my podcast partner. And there you have it. Peep the process. You know, Emma, you surprised me last month with the name, but I love that name immediately. I'm glad. Okay, enough about us. We're talking for the student athletes, so let's hear from one. In this episode, we're talking the effects of COVID-19 and how to return to sport after COVID-19 self-isolation safely. Now, let's hear from the athlete of the episode. Along with the impressive titles I mentioned earlier, 
She's also a Dean's List student athlete and studying psychology at George Mason University in Virginia. A very dear friend of mine, Jotty John Wallace. Hey, Emma. Hi, James. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course. We are very happy to have you here as our first guest. So let's get right into it. You are a very accomplished student athlete, and COVID has caused some major disruptions to everyone's lives. What have been the biggest roadblocks or hurdles for you at this time? I'm very happy to be here. It's a very different time in the world um, because it's so different. Training has been different. The first change was obviously the canceling of all university sports, the NCAA sports. So this was no longer a season for us, and we were stopped abruptly in the middle of the training season. I actually heard the news in the middle of practice. We were in the middle of practice, and they said the season is over. So the canceling of the season means that all motivation is gone, in a sense, as there is nothing really to train for. Usually a meet or a competition to train for. So it's kind of like training without a purpose or without an end goal in mind. Which is very Um, hard to do. Yes. So motivation has been gone. And then there's the social distancing, which minimizes or eliminates training with training partners and for me that's a big part of it because of getting out there every day and making sure that there's someone pushing you to be better or encouraging you or just the competitiveness of the um, training atmosphere yeah okay so I think that everyone has had to make some major adjustments to their daily lives for some athletes it's been a hard transition training by themselves or remotely Um, how have you changed your training routine since COVID um so it's like I said more training by myself I'm accustomed to training with my team and with my coaches and having always someone looking at what I'm doing correcting my form taking heart rate something like that just having coaches input into training experience so now not having that it's a bit different well a lot different not knowing what to tweak and what not to tweak or if I'm doing too much doing too little also in the beginning of it my coach was a bit hesitant of sending out workouts too early because he didn't want to have us overexerting ourselves when another race is not for at that point another 10 months mm-hmm. so it was motivating myself to do things every day as well as thinking of different things I could do based on past knowledge of being in the sport so it's okay. it's been different so just going back I just wanted to ask you what were you feeling when you found out the season had been canceled for me it was different a lot of upset because I recently came back from an injury so this was supposed to be my comeback year last year I tore my posterior tibialis in my foot and was non-weight bearing for three months and everything so I to come back to a sport and be so excited to run again and then have that another year postponed is a bit disheartening but supposed to be your time to shine yes Okay. Uh, how does your current and new environment affect how you train? So I'm accustomed to training in Virginia weather, which gets um, a bit hotter a bit earlier on. So when I came home in March, it was still a bit chilly. So running outside was a little painful to get started <laughs> compared to Virginia when I left. It was around 28 degrees outside. So yeah. we were inside and it was a nice little breeze going on, but a cold breeze when I got home. And then there's also... If it is cold, we had the indoor facility where we were able to train at. So mm-hmm. not having that was a bit harder. Yeah, so it was just weather and then the facilities, having my athletic trainer available 
and not having him now, it's, it's, been, it's been different and difficult. So what resources are you using, if any, to continue to train? I've been staying in contact with my coaches. Um, we have team meetings every week or we have, because we have different groups. So we have our sprint group, our distance group, our jumps group, every aspect of the different events, we have that. So if not my whole team, I have it with my sprints group and we have a meeting and we talk about what we're going to do in the week. We, at the beginning, we started writing down what we were doing individually. So we, we keep in contact. I keep in contact with my trainers, even my trainers I have here, I keep in contact with masseuse, um, everybody, just making sure that I keep in contact with people and make sure I'm staying healthy. That's good. And I think you told me that you were also doing yoga. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you do that with your friend. Do you use an app or anything or is that? I just use YouTube. I go on YouTube and I'll search a, a yoga video for the day. I mostly focus on strength YouTube videos or core videos. And I've been doing that and it's been, it's been helping. That's good. Uh, James, I believe you also have some useful resources as well. Would you like to share a couple? It's so excellent hearing Zadi's perspective. I want to direct the listener to our webpage for some links to resources we mentioned. Clear communication about COVID-19 is vital, and we've all sacrificed so much with self-isolation over the past three months, ensuring that not as many Canadians got the disease. Doctors worry that the public thinks it's over when COVID is only on the decline from the first wave. So I've got a few of the resources that I'll, I'll just highlight here. And uh, according to the president of the Ontario Medical Association, public behavior will determine how big the second wave will be. Uh, moving on to mental health type of resources, the Canadian Centre for Mental Health and Sport offer mental health services as well as Canadian Sport Helpline and many other resources. One of the favorite websites I advise to my patients is called anxietycanada.com. And anxietycanada.com has a mind shift app, which actually teaches cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, uh, an excellent tool to have in your coping toolbox. I want to highlight all the resources on the Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine or CASM website. And one of them that they have is uh, more for administrators and coaches, but also for athletes. And it's called the Sport Medicine Advisory Committee. And they have weekly updates about how athletes can return to play uh, after COVID-19. And they also emphasize that we must be diligent as the weather improves and some relaxation of measures may be taken as a green light by some to return to normal way of doing things. And that's wrong. This progressive relaxation of restrictions, they say, will have an effect on training and access to facilities. But timing will differ across regions and across different sports. Each athlete in sport is working on plans and using guidelines as set out in a document that's called the Return to Sport Assessment Tool and the recent publication of the COVID-19 Return to High Performance Sport Framework. All this, plus more resources for coping with COVID-19, will be on our website. Thank you so much. Um, I think those are very useful resources to utilize. Jody, Youth Sports in Canada just this week canceled six fall championships and the Atlantic and Ontario conferences announced that all varsity sport is shut down to the end of 2020. We are still awaiting decision on if winter sports uh, can resume in 2021, 
but I understand that it's a little different for you going to school in the States. Yes, so the NCAA has announced that they're going to keep the fall, the format for the same, so for competition-wise. So fall sports will be the same as they originally were planned to be. And then if anything changes with the virus, they'll have a plan. They have a plan in place to counteract that. But I will be returning to school in August to start training as well. Alrighty. What are some of your concerns about getting back to the track? My concerns are making sure that it's a safe environment, first of all, making sure that we're training with taking proper precautions with social distancing and everything. Also, making sure that I'm healthy as I can be, especially coming back from injury, making sure that I'm able to keep up with the team and that the environment of the team and the morale and the mental state of the team is all there and well. Yeah. Do you think training will look different when you get back? I feel like it. it's going to be different. I feel like with the virus, there's a lot of new normals that are taking place. And I feel that because of this, I don't know if training size, like the sizes of how many people can train at the same time will be different. Because mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking will happen is we'll have smaller groups and at different times of the day. And that's what I'm thinking is most likely to happen. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot to think about and prepare for. Um, So what have you been doing for your mental health? Like, how are you dealing with the pandemic while also trying to be a stronger competitor when you return to racing? So mentally, I've been checking in with my coaches a lot. I'm the type of person that if I'm concerned about something, I'm going to want to talk about it and um, get clarification on it. So I've been talking with my coaches a lot and asking them their perspective on things and how they think things are going to happen. Talking to my teammates and the ones that I am close with, I've talked to them, see, like, making sure they're okay, checking in on each other. And also just taking days to, like, if I am feeling overwhelmed with everything, just taking a day at a time, trying to remain calm, doing things that help me remain calm. Um, like you said, I do yoga. That's something that I find helps me with my mental health and making sure that it's calm and well. So how important is your support system to you right now? Um, it's very important because it's who I've been relying on during this time because we have to stay in communication. And if we're not communicating constantly because we can't always see each other face to face or be there for each other, it's important that we're staying in communication because that's the best thing you can do, right? Yeah. And do you have any advice for the other athletes out there during this hard time? Stay positive. It's hard, stay motivated, and to remember the reason why you're doing it, because it's hard to always think of that while this is going on. So true. Uh, Jody. it was so great um, to have you on our podcast, and thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for having me. So, James, what advice do you have for some of the student athletes in terms of re- returning to sport? now that some athletes are allowed to start training at their facilities again. First, please believe it's not over. So athletes, train hard, but please train carefully. Athletes do not want to get this bad disease, and you definitely do not want to give this illness to grandma and grandpa. On May 23rd, the National Post reported on COVID-19 quarantine fatigue. They said that the arrival of summer will test our resolve to social distance. And would you believe just in today's newspaper, the Globe and Mail reported that COVID-19 spike among Ontarians in their 20s, puzzles health experts. They reported that in Hamilton, as of June 8th, people in their 20s accounted for 40% 
of all new COVID-19 cases reported in the previous 10 days. So listeners, you've heard this many times, but even when training, please practice physical distancing, stay two meters away from others. Of course, in some sports, that's going to be easier than training for other sports. Wear face covering when physical distancing is a challenge. So if you can't stay two meters away from someone, try to wear a face covering. And most importantly, use hand sanitizer or wash hands thoroughly and often. So one example could be basketball players. Uh, you know, you're all touching the same basketball and you can all use hand sanitizer between touching that basketball and putting your hands to your face. So as individuals, we need to recognize that each of us feels the impact differently. And as much as possible, look after the basics. Eat well, hydrate, sleep well, take breaks and get rest. We need to pace ourselves. We need to recognize that the pandemic will almost certainly continue for many months and our personal energy is not limitless. We need to call our doctor if we're having issues with our mental health. Don't let anxiety or depression linger. In many cases, your doctor will see you by video conference. So the uh, first take-home point was it's not over, but the second take-home point uh, on that theme of mental health, the second take-home point is take the opportunity to improve your mental health coping skills via the many resources we will list on our website. Uh, Emma knows that I was invited by Seneca College to do a Coping with COVID webinar six weeks ago. Some things have changed since then, and some things have not changed. I advise at that time to look for opportunities to become the best you can be, even away from your sport. And that is my third take-home point. For example, there's a Good Neighbor Project. If you Google Good Neighbor Project, it's an example of finding that silver lining during COVID-19. Athletes can volunteer in their community and really help those less fortunate or more at risk if they get COVID-19. Uh, so James, there's been conflicting reports about who should wear masks and when to wear them. So my question to you is, should I be wearing a mask at all times while out in public? Well, you should know that I was just in the liquor store buying some wine for dinner with my brother after our golf game tomorrow. And no is the answer if you really mean at all times. I did wear a mask in the store, but yes, many more people need to wear masks because they are failing to stay two meters away from others. You should wear a face covering when physical distancing is a challenge. Remember, just because restrictions have been relaxed, it's not over. My mask protects you, your mask protects me. We're making a difference to keep each other safe from COVID-19. As athletes are permitted to train more, and as businesses begin to reopen, we all need to continue our efforts to protect each other. With restrictions relaxing and some facilities starting to open, it's clear that the return to play process is such a high priority in the lives of student athletes. We are all in this together. We can ensure that all student athletes, their coaches, and their parents are ready for what's to come, as we can all learn how to embrace the process. Or, as the young folks say, peep it. Right, Emma? You got it, James. Thank you for listening. Next week on the agenda, return to play after concussion. A very important topic for all student athletes out there, James. In the meantime, if you want some more information, you can visit our webpage at peeptheprocess.buzzsprout.com.
And you can check out our Twitter page as well, at Peep the Process. At this time, we would like to remind you that the information provided in this podcast and on this website is intended for a Canadian audience. It is for informational purposes only and does not create a physician-patient relationship. It is not to be used as professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or care, nor is it intended to be used as a substitute. Anyone with any questions regarding medical conditions, issues, or problems should seek the advice of a physician. This podcast is produced by Emma Jacobs, along with associate producer Enrica Amaturo. Special thanks to the Department of Family Medicine at the Scarborough Health Network, the Athletic Department at Seneca College, and the Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine for their support. Thank you.